Welcome to this week's Market Pulse. I'm Matt Ford, CEO and co-founder of Sidekick, and this is your five-minute update on key market news and events with takeaways and insights from the Sidekick investment team. In this week's edition, we have one single theme again, and that is putting current events in China into perspective. So our three stories this week, firstly, how we got here, secondly, housing trouble, and thirdly, the silver lining. So thinking about the overall theme, China is always a topical subject, but even by the standards of the second largest economy, you may have noticed that the number of headlines has increased considerably in the past week, and it's actually hard to find some positive ones. The turnaround in the narrative has been dramatic. Only six months ago, China was coming out of a COVID lockdown, ticking a page from the pandemic playbook when pent-up demand fueled the subsequent economic recovery in Europe and the US, economists and investors alike saw China as the main cog in the global growth engine of 2023. When it became clear, though, that consumer spending wouldn't lead to the expected economic recovery, investor focus has shifted to government stimulus measures. The optimists would say a mild slowdown is positive, as it would trigger the government to act, lifting the economy as it did so many times before. But data released this week showed that the deceleration in areas like manufacturing, real estate, infrastructure and retail sales was much worse than expected. This has reignited fears of a hard landing in the world's most prominent manufacturing hub. We've talked before about the adage that when China sneezes, the world catches a cold, but will it come true this time? So on to our first story, how we got here. That's gradually, but then suddenly. Hindsight's 2020, especially regarding macroeconomics. But to put things in perspective, it would be a mistake to blame all of the slowdown on China's infamous zero COVID policy. In the winter of 2019, China was already suffering from economic imbalances, caused by Donald Trump's tariff war and a regulatory clampdown on credit and private companies. Also, it's common sense that an economy as vast as China's can't just continue expanding at the rates that the world became accustomed to during the 20 years following its entry into the World Trade Organization. During 2020-2021, the strict Chinese COVID policy was unlike anything we've seen in the West, and for a while it seemed like China had mastered the pandemic better than anyone else. But while the US and Europe acted swiftly to stimulate demand by handing out checks to the population, Chinese policies were focused on the supply side, mainly keeping factories open. It's then not really unsurprising to see revenge spending having less of an impact on the Chinese economy than it did on the Western ones. On to our second story of the topic, and that's housing trouble. The fundamental problem at the heart of the Chinese economy is far more significant than just post-lockdown consumer spending. It all started in 2020-2021 when Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party were boisterous about handling the pandemic and deliberately decided, with a series of restricted policies, to crack down on private entrepreneurs and slow down a hot property sector. The significance of that decision still reverberates today, as real estate makes up one-fifth of the economy and 70% of Chinese household wealth. It's already brought down the country's second largest property developer, Evergrande, and Country Garden, one of the most reputable and financially sound developers as of last year, started missing its bond payments. In many ways, Chinese real estate developers resemble banks because they take short-term deposits to fund their projects. With liabilities of some £151 billion, Country Garden has the same liabilities as a large regional bank like Silicon Valley Bank. Another significant high-profile bankruptcy could erode the already fragile confidence in the Chinese government and the property sector. It could also perpetuate the recent bout of deflation we've seen in China, which would increase debt in real terms, putting even more pressure on privately owned developers. The surprise interest rate cut last week did little to alleviate investor concerns, but the Chinese government still has a few levers to pull. 
from vowing to act as a lender of last resort to reversing some of the restrictive credit policies, Xi Jinping could still see his plan come through. But it's a delicate balancing act, fraught with risk. And on to our final story this week, the silver lining. Despite the barrage of negative news, there are still reasons to be optimistic about the Chinese economy. Many who talk about the Japanification of China, alluding to the bursting of the Japanese asset bubble in the early 90s and the subsequent lost decade, forget that Chinese growth didn't collapse as Japan's did. China's slowing down, but is still growing by 4.6% in 2023, if we analyse last week's numbers. It also has a GDP per capita three times below that of Japan, resembling more of a developing country than a developed one. The property sector may be in trouble, but the services sector is more significant and it is growing fast. Pockets of the economy are still extremely dynamic. China overtook Japan recently to become the world's largest exporter of motor vehicles, for instance. It's also the number one exporter of electric cars to Europe, and that's no small feat. China's also driving most of the investment in renewables worldwide, outspending the US 4 to 1, even after we consider the Inflation Reduction Act. And let's take the US and Europe together. China is still outspending them almost two to one in what many believe to be the cutting edge of the new industrial revolution. So while recent data suggests China has hit some speed bumps, we shouldn't be too quick to write China off entirely. There's a Chinese proverb which is very fitting for this. Don't be afraid of going slow, just be afraid of standing still. And in this instance, we can see China going slower, but certainly not standing still. So that was it for this week's Market Pulse. As always, we hope you've really enjoyed the update. And if you want to hear more from the Sidekick investment team as we build up the product, you can sign up to our waitlist at sidekickmoney.com, where you can download the app directly from either the App Store or the Google Play Store. We hope to see you next week. But before we go, we've got some important notices. It's important to note that the contents of this Market Pulse is based on current information, which we consider to be reliable and accurate. It represents Psychic's view only and does not represent investment advice. Investors should not take decisions to trade based on this information. Psychic is not yet regulated, but has applied to the FCA for authorization to operate. Prior to Psychic becoming fully authorized, none of the information provided is intended as an inducement or an invitation to apply for any Sidekick product or service. And please remember, investing should be viewed as long-term. When we launch, your capital will be at risk, The value of investments can go up and down, and you may get back less than you put in.